Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. With me, your host, Caroline Foran, author of Owning It and the Confidence Kit. This week I'm joined by the incredible Holly White, she's just such an inspiring, go-getting young woman and I had an incredible chat with her. She's a blogger, as you know, and she's the author of the best-selling book Vegan-ish, which is an incredible recipe book that will completely transform your perception around what it is to eat like a vegan. Holly is actually also one of my special guests at the Publishing Masterclass, which I'm holding next month, and tickets are still available if you're interested in coming along. I'll pop the link in the little description of the podcast below. Holly and I had really an eye-opening chat around a topic that I really haven't given much attention to thus far, and that's the positive side of anxiety. What, what has anxiety given you that's been good? what way have you channeled your anxiety into something positive that works for you rather than against you and Holly is a perfect example of someone who has done just that through her career and through her her journey with veganism and everything that she's done and I don't want to give too much away because she she explains everything herself so well and so I will leave it to Holly to charm you as she did for me and I look forward to hearing your feedback thank you so much I'm joined now in the gorgeous Grayson overlooking a rainy uh, St. Stephen's Green in Dublin by the beautiful Holly White. Holly, I have followed you since Dan and Beck's days. Yay! (laughs) It was one of my favourites and then I was so happy to meet you in person and follow your work and read your book and see everything that you were doing and and go to the Marion and try your unbelievable food because I'm admittedly not a vegan but I'm I'm lactose intolerant so for me to find things that are tasty and dairy-free is just a rarity it's the desserts in particular oh, I have to, I'm, I'm so proud of them oh my god you should be because they are like otherwise you're just like oh you can have some sorbet and you're like thanks yeah, or I don't want that fruit salad and you're yeah like, go away <laughs> so obviously we were here to talk about anxiety yes and your experience of it and I suppose I mean you started messaging a bit back and forth when you read my book I loved Oh, thank you. And you, I suppose you said before we even started recording that you were like, oh, hang on, here's a person who's just like me working in the industry who appears to have things going for them, but actually sometimes struggles and finds it difficult. And that gave you some reassurance. Would that be fair to say? 100%. And actually one of the key kind of 
theories, uh, sentences in your book was you said you have to ask yourself how has your anxiety worked for you and it was the most wonderful reframing ever like I like mm. to be quite punctual I like you know I'm the kind of person who checks into an airport an hour and a half before and yeah. that comes from an anxious mind especially I think working as a freelancer in terms of deadlines things like that I I never miss them and I think also that does come from having that kind of jumpy mind and I, but I loved it because there are benefits of course oh, yeah. there have been times where it's so so difficult um, but I just love the way that's that tiny sentence that you said you said just look at it differently and it was amazing because I read that I was about 32 and I went it was like taking an exhale and putting down a backpack and I went oh my god that's actually such a relief to not solely and totally think of something as negative Negative. I know and that's something that we haven't really discussed yet on the podcast series is the benefits of anxiety and people find it so hard to stomach when they're told embrace it or accept it when you're feeling awful I know if you're at the point where I was where you're like not able to leave the house you're not able to function but I definitely think that anxiety like you say has brought me good things like a a, a drive to work and to show up on time and never Mm -hmm. be late so what for you before we go into your experience of anxiety what for you is is the plus side I think the biggest thing that I would feel that I have is I was always extremely sensitive as a child, whether it was to food, whether it was to atmosphere, whether it was to crowds. I was just constantly, completely overwhelmed. And it was only when there was two books that I read that really sort of defined things for me. One is by Elaine Aaron and it's called The Highly Sensitive Person. And then there's a woman called Susan Cain and she has a phenomenal podcast, sorry, not a podcast, a TED talk. And um, her book is also called Quiet. And basically she speaks about introversion and sensitivity and also making it work for you. And again, it would have defined my entire life before like I was very paranoid about you know food and what was I eating and crowds and I was just I was very scared of the world and very introverted I find talking to crowds really 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 overwhelming and would have had an extremely anxious mind trying to how can I control this as much as possible Mm. I was definitely not a spontaneous teenager in any way shape or form and what I loved about when I first watched Susan Cain's uh, TED talk was she redefined it and again she talked about sensitivity and I think when you are creative it's really important to have a sense oh yeah especially working in um you know working in fields you know like fashion you need to be sensitive to trends how are things moving and now a lot of my focus is solely and totally on vegan food and I'm really passionate about it and I'll go into the reasons why in a few minutes Mm. but one of the most important things is is you have to be sensitive when you're developing a recipe the tiniest yeah tweak in and also you know can make an enormous difference you have to be sensitive enough to be thinking about everything from how it's going to look in the Mm -hmm. plate how it's going to feel what energetic you know kind of recipe are we trying to create and I think that's where you know that's more working with sensitivity rather than against it and was that the point for you then where with a combination of those TED Talks, you felt that sensitivity stopped meaning weakness in 100%. your mind? 100%. I just couldn't comprehend, like, growing up, like, even in school. I I feel really sad in a way that I never really got into exercise until I was about 25. And I start now. I actually run, and I really love it. But the key thing is, is that it doesn't involve social interaction. I mm. find team sports so Same. difficult. Oh, I hated them. You know, because the thing is that I'd almost be terrified if someone, like, like basketball at me I'd be like oh my god I don't know what to do with it I know because I have again my mind's overthinking it's worried about what's that person there who's that person thinking? what will they think of me if I drop the ball too much information coming in that I can't work my reflexes quick enough so as a result I really avoided any sort of sports throughout school and I think 
that also compounded things because I wasn't getting any exercise. I wasn't letting any of yeah. this stress process throughout my body at all. And I think exercise is one of the most amazing kind of free resources mm-hmm. and it's really helped me. And now like I run and I go to yoga classes and what's nice is you're focused only on your body. Yeah. You're not worrying about, and also especially what's amazing about yoga is, you know, I can't do any of the fancy moves, but no one cares no one, you know, oh, you're doing it for you it's not a competitive kind of a sport it's not a team sport where you feel like if you drop the ball you've let the team down I know or... I, I feel the same only recently about going to the gym where I've, at first I was putting it off and off and off because I was like I don't look like everyone else or I don't li- I'm not lifting things properly or I'm and only now I'm like everyone is so focused on what they're doing themselves yeah that but whereas with team stuff I mean I've seen I've watched my husband play even something as light as tag rugby and they're like screaming at each other yeah drop the ball eh! I know, and I, I was know. like why are you being so mean to each other like I would not be able for it so I'd rather not be accountable for anyone except myself yeah okay so we know you've always known you're a sensitive person yeah. um would you be able to go back and see where where did your predisposition towards anxiety come from I think what's interesting is I think in every family and obviously I don't have children myself but I think what what must amaze parents is how different you know one child can be from the other and I have two very extrovert brothers one older one younger and I think the biggest thing for me was just trying to blend in and why can't I be like them and why can't I just be easygoing and especially also I had really bad sensitivities to food and dairy did not agree with me when I was a baby I broke out in a really bad rash and again I found that really difficult I found going over to friends houses I'd be absolutely paranoid about I can't eat that I'm going to feel sick if I you know would you know would drink milk or whatever my tummy would be totally mm. distended I'd be really bloated I'd feel really ill and again what's awful is you cut yourself away from yeah. the world when you live like that the imitation comes and instead of going oh this is so exciting I'm going to a party you go oh my god oh my god I was literally what word for word wrong? the same and it's so you just you just pull yourself out of this of the social life completely exactly and I think it's also you feel very um like them and you know th- yeah. them and me and it's as if I I don't know I feel I, I sometimes kind of imagine you know sometimes you look at people um social media and it looks like they're having a great life I, know. I felt like that growing up as in there was these experiences whether it was people enjoying a victory in a team sport or you know a game of hockey or something like that or going out you know and again what one of the things that I'm quite specific about food is I suppose for me growing up um I had a lot of sort of cliche messaging such as you know milk is your source of calcium mm-hmm. but again milk did not agree with me um, and then also there's other food marketing such as you know if you're sad or if you're down you know have a whole tub of ice cream and I'd do that and I'd be bloated and I'd feel sick for about three or four days or you know if you want to treat yourself have a big takeaway and again that kind of processed food just never agreed mm-hmm. with me and it made me feel like hang on a minute how come I don't look like the gorgeous model in the campaign eating her massive pizza on a Friday or something. And it made me feel like, hang on, how come I can't just go and get a takeaway like everyone else? Whereas instead, I'd eat this kind of food, I'd feel absolutely sick, I'd be so bloated, my skin, you know, would break out. And it just didn't agree with me. And did you feel like with your friends in school, and I suppose to a lesser extent your family, did you feel like the difficult one? Totally. Yeah, so did I. Completely. And even I remember, like, it was really hard because I remember, you know, when I was growing up, like, my brothers would go with my dad to rugby matches and things like that. And, you know, they'd all come home full of energy and enthusiasm, but I was just terrified of the crowds. Yeah. Um, I'd find that really overwhelming. So, yeah, it was, it, it, it was, it, it, it did feel very them and me but it was really interesting when I uh, listened to Susan Kane and she spoke about going away to camp first uh, for the first time and bringing like a whole load of books and assuming that they'd all just sit around in circles and read books when actually it was all about team sports and my worst nightmare yeah that's why I hate hen parties I'm like please don't make me go absorbing or anything Christ. as I've gotten older and kind of built up my own kind of 
boundaries and I've gotten much better at um you know kind of having the comfort to say yes and no and I think the biggest thing for me was um when I started like people kind of can talk about social media all they want but for me it's been really helpful and the first time I'd ever heard about someone speaking about a, a panic attack was Zoella and I again it was like putting down a backpack it was such a relief and I went hang on a minute here's this really pretty lovely successful girl saying she suffers from panic attacks and I, I don't know, but I'd been so scared to actually identify because I thought, I don't know what I thought. I thought I'd be like some <laughs> social pariah. Well, everyone knows jokes. And actually, this may well happen, but in The Simpsons, I don't know her name, but there's the crazy cat lady who has oh, all yeah. cats and she's really grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I just always thought like that was going to be me. And it is. I do have three cats and she has three cats. I can't remember her name. Um, but I was really paranoid that if I kind of identified and said, actually, I'm really anxious, I get really, really overwhelmed, I thought I would become that very isolated crazy cat lady Mm. and then suddenly seeing someone like Zoella it was a real relief and as I said then again seeing someone you know like like yourself who's gorgeous and I don't like using the word normal but you know you live in a life that I would want like you go out with your friends Mm. you you know you enjoy yourself obviously you you kind of got married and Mm -hmm. I was worried that I wouldn't be able to do any of those things if I openly admitted I was the same Yeah. yeah and at what point did you feel like you were going to was there a was there a defining moment where whether it was food your sensitivity your your tummy you know breaking out a rash or even things like being in crowds where you said I've had enough I'm going to start working with myself did you remember that moment absolutely and um again I watched a lot of documentaries on Netflix a couple of years ago and I watched Cowspiracy and I remember I was blown away by it basically Mm -hmm. it goes into the environmental impact that um beef agriculture is having on the environment and I think we've all looked at images you know and right now everyone's watching David Attenborough and seeing the mm-hmm. walruses all falling off the cliff and, and the amount of plastic in the ocean and things like that and again I went this is crazy like what are we going to do and it, it's quite scary because you're kind of you're reading these reports and they're absolutely terrifying but what what amazed me was I had always thought like if I wanted to feel well like I had to eat meat and years ago I would have like done things like the Atkins diet and eaten like omelets and burgers and steaks and you know eaten so much meat in one day and all I ended up doing was binging after it I never felt well on that and again what amazed me was when I watched Cowspiracy I said hang on a minute personally for me I've never energetically felt like this agrees with me. Mm-hmm. I thought I was doing it because I thought I was going to be healthy. I now find out it's not necessary to be healthy to eat meat or animal products mm-hmm. at all. And that was a big relief because I said, hang on a minute, I don't need to force myself to drink milk if it doesn't actually agree with me. Yeah. I don't need to force myself to eat beef just to get my protein. There are other ways of doing it. And also it's beneficial for the environment because I think what I, I suppose, love about those kind of simple changes is they're much more democratic Mm. they're not about one person living a perfect life they're about ever making these tiny tweaks and for me it was actually such a relief to go this traditional meat and two veg diet does not suit me yeah and if I'm completely honest it was the first heartfelt empowered decision I think I'd ever made my entire life 30 wow I know it was very that cliche like what am I doing where is my life going so were you eating meat up until you were 30 wow completely and Eating it in a way that, you know, the way it's sort of, it, it was like a medicine. It was like, oh, that's good for you. Yeah. Get uh, the iron oh, in when you have your period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need your, oh, you need your calcium. Oh, yeah. you need this. And I remember, because I'd never met a vegan before. I'd never met anyone, 
And again, I didn't know. I just thought, oh my God. And they have a bad reputation. I mean, you know, people say that joke, like, if you want to know if someone's vegan, don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah, like, within two seconds. And I yeah. thought, oh my God, do I have to be dressed like head to like, toe? Like people think you're going to be a pain in the arse, I suppose. And also, but the thing <laughs> is that I love like beauty and I'm really yeah. into like products and things like that as well. And again, just suddenly I just started to explore more and I went, hang on a minute, there's ethical, completely cruelty-free, natural beauty brands that are absolutely epic. Then in terms of cosmetics and animal testing, I don't think anyone in their right mind, if they were actually fully aware of animal testing. I think mm. they'd kind of go, hang on a minute, I'm not interested. Yeah, well, in ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Completely. And I think that a lot of this is shrouded in secrecy. Like, I have never heard in my entire life of a school tour going to an abattoir. Whereas if this is such a sort of a natural process of life, why is it so, so shrouded in secrecy? And personally for me, once I saw abattoir footage, I actually just went, hang on a minute, energetically, I don't want that connected to me. I think some people can watch it and they're fine and that's perfect for them. But for mm. me, whatever anyone says about animals, maybe they don't feel being killed, but we have all seen footage of them. Like at the moment now, there's really interesting, extremely sad footage of Irish calves um, on their way over to France because obviously there's a lot of live export and that's a direct product of the dairy industry. And it's very difficult when you see this, they're being beaten, they're being pulled by the ears, they're being walloped. And I think if people were kind of aware, hang on a minute, calves are being taken away from their mother so we can have their milk and for me it's just that's not something I want to be, be energetically connected to yeah. but what I'm so relieved is I actually now know there's an alternative and I can make a personal choice and I think obviously to use your title when I started to own the fact that mm-hmm. I was very sensitive and own the fact that hang on I don't want to do that I'd like to make independent choices a lot of my anxiety did subside that's what I was going to ask you so you went vegan how did did it impact on the rest of your anxiety did it make you feel you you instantly did something that was empowering self-empowering did you feel like was there resistance you know did you have to kind of convince people that this is who I am now or how was that it's like yeah if you've had if you've if you've like I suppose it's like that inner energetic feeling like if you've been numbing your body for 30 years it's like a muscle it's like going yeah. into the gym I couldn't you know the way people like I suppose if they have their arm in a cast and the muscles are all like weather, yeah. you know withers and so I, like it was so hard I was paranoid I felt like it was a completely secretive thing um and even in my book what I advise people to do is I say if this is something that you're thinking of doing take it as peacefully as you can for six months see does it suit you don't put it out there exactly because you're going to be challenged and also maybe it doesn't suit you maybe you know but for me thankfully it did and what I found that was kind of amazing was once I started to explore more vegan recipes it was as if suddenly the lights went back on and all the energy came back into my body I got excited about cooking like my weekly shop had been exactly the same thing for a decade beforehand like I'd always bought the exact same like salmon fillets mince mm. and then suddenly I was kind of discovering all these interesting vegetables and because you have to make vegan food interesting and exciting mm-hmm. like I had a whole spice rack and then once I started to do cooking courses and I learned all about fermentation um which is kind of amazing for your gut bacteria I honestly felt like my body was actually coming back to life after having been numbed for 30 years but it's not an overnight process it, you know it definitely took me about a year and then I was really really worried about I suppose, beginning to share it online because to prior to that, I had gone to events for cosmetics companies that do test on animals and suddenly I kind of reached a point where I was like, I can't go, I can't... Yeah, you, know, you have to take a stand. You yeah. do. And also, I think with social media, I think people, I mean an audience only tend to have a real issue with it if they feel that something is fake, whether it's a highly edited image or someone being completely inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And I try as much as possible to be 
realistic like I might put up a flattering or a brighten picture but I'm yeah. not going to tweak it or angle it or anything mm-hmm. like that at all and I think authenticity thrives online and I think that's when we crave it in a world that's very inauthentic I think exactly but they were the things that again this was a confidence muscle that I just hadn't built up because I had a whole decade of being like no I'm fine we'll go there I'll eat that da, 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 da. and equally then I suddenly you know there was a few emails that I had to send and ask you know could you please remove me from your mailing list you know and you're very scared because you yeah. know you're saying no and will the world support you and obviously I'm um freelance and I'm yeah. thrilled to be that but you're very reliant on clients wanting to work with you but thankfully I do think there is kind of a collective awareness of sustainability and mm-hmm. you know it's come to a point now where the gamble has fully paid off but yeah. no it's definitely it's a daily muscle and there are certain practices that I would kind of pretty much have on a daily basis like simple things like I try to avoid coffee because again it just doesn't agree with me Same. at all and I find like I think it's good for people to find what communication works for you best like I'm not great on the phone at all like if someone is like can you do this for me I'm like yeah, yeah it's fine yeah I'll yeah. never pretend the phone I go why I'm yeah. better at email and um, you know and better kind of taking a moment writing how can I you know but it's to build up that muscle of um there's a fabulous uh, author, Cheryl Richardson, and she has a book called uh, The Art of Extreme Self-Care. And there's one chapter in it, and it's called Allow Me to Disappoint You. Oh, wow. And it's really good. But it's actually, these are skills. Like some yeah. people, maybe they grew up in households where it's normal or natural, but it's brilliant because she literally goes through the whole example of you have a beautiful weekend planned. Your friend rings up and says, hey, will you help me paint my house this weekend? What do you say? You know, and then it's like, example A, oh, I'd love to paint your house. Example B, you know. And she discusses then the impact that constantly going against yourself and constantly, you know, being there for other people at a sacrifice yourself does have on your health. But, Mm. you know, it's wonderful to kind of read up because I think, especially in Irish culture, as women, we're kind of taught to be very pleasing that's it and be mm. the good girl and it's actually fascinating to read yeah Cheryl Richardson is an American author it's kind of fascinating to read her saying you know in terms of health conditions that there's correlations from people who yeah. are continuously obliging how much they energetically deplete themselves and it makes you take it much more seriously because rather than feeling guilty that you're letting yeah. someone down you actually know you're protecting yourself exactly yeah. you talk a lot about your energy yeah. and is that being aware of your energy and knowing you know though this, this I feel bad juju there that's not right for me and it, I think that's something that we only really as we get older only really as I kind of turned 30 I started to be comfortable with the idea that you know what that's just not for me do you yeah. think that's something that comes with age or do you think you had that from I think young? I had it I think I numbed it completely and I think with energy what I'm specific about is a lot of people if you say, you know, what was the nicest meal you ever had? It could be, you know, I had a roast in my, you know, a Sunday yeah. roast in my mum's kitchen. And the reality is, whilst the food was obviously delicious, it's the energy, it's the atmosphere, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. feeling of love and connection. And I think that there's a very high energetic quotient in food. You know, people might say, oh, you know, we were in Rome, we had pizza on the steps and a, gl- and a glass of wine. And it could have been a cheap, reasonable meal, but it's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's that the context. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, and especially now, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big believer in energy and I try and make decisions, I suppose, that are, that are heartfelt, um, and that are right for me and it, mm. it, it it definitely it's not going to make your life easier that's the most important thing it's going to make it harder but you feel more whole and complete mm. it's much easier to just go along and be like that's fine I'm easy going whatever suits 
it's much harder to say actually would it be okay if we did this instead or yeah but it's much more authentic yeah it just takes I guess it's like exercise it takes a while to get used to it and totally and people to start to respect that about you that you're going to it doesn't mean that you're being selfish but you're putting yourself first I guess that is like we live in a world that is promoting self-care left right and center yet some when when it comes to like caring for yourself sometimes that is goes part and parcel with disappointing people it is it's so important and also like what I found was um again I suppose for me you know my process was changing my diet Mm. for uh, someone else it could be maybe changing their job or changing you know or maybe saying actually I'm not going to support fast fashion or it's about just making a sort of an empowered decision but definitely what I found was once I took it outside the home as in maybe it was if we're going for a girl's dinner literally taking the three minutes to ring up or to email a restaurant and say hey I'm vegan would it be okay to and what that's doing is saying my needs matter yeah and it sounds crazy to say I don't know why it took me 30 years to have that feeling that I'm worth the three minute email I know and you know so I still struggle with sometimes you know I'll order something in a restaurant and and Barry or my mom or someone will say oh and don't forget to say now about the dairy and sometimes I'm like oh just leave it I know I know I know and I don't I it's like I feel like I don't I guess I don't matter because I guess it's just like this idea of are you just being that way are you you, people say are you intolerant or do you just not like it and I was like no I'm intolerant I know know. and that's the thing that's tricky for me I suppose as well because when I was younger because I felt kind of awful I've had like every sort of allergy test and I'm not allergic to anything Mm. I eat this way completely and you know 100% by choice and I suppose for me ethically I don't like the idea that something has to unnecessarily die for me to live you know and once I got that that actually that's my value system it did become a little bit easier but it's very hard. Like we're not brought up to say, hang on, my needs need to be met. Whether And that goes across, you know, a job, your family, your home. Like families can put a lot of pressure yeah. on people equally in terms of relationships. And um, so what advice do you have for someone who is maybe in a very traditional family um, and maybe it's food or maybe it's something else. Maybe mm. it's just a lifestyle thing that's not working for them. And yeah. they feel like, you know what? I don't feel good or maybe I don't sleep well. I don't, I don't physically feel well. I'm, I'm anxious. If they know that a simple change in that lifestyle, although yeah. it wouldn't be simple, would, would make the difference. How do you get the balls, I suppose, to rolling, to just do it and to say, do you, do you have a conversation? People say, listen, I don't want to be staying. I don't want to have dinner at 10 o'clock at night every night anymore. I know. Or I that know. kind of thing. No, but I agree with you that I think so many people try and be accommodating, whether let's say if your partner, as, as you said, maybe wants to eat dinner at late, but maybe yeah. you want to be in bed at 10 or whatever. It's a really, really difficult thing. But I think um, the biggest thing for me is journaling and you have to know yourself. And I think you have to try and go deep down inside and say, okay, what suits you? Like typically I feel at my best when I get up early in the morning mm-hmm. I have a tiny little you know morning routine that I stick to it's about 15 minutes and then I'm a big fan of meditation apps on my phone 10 minutes here or there and they're my sort of ingredients for day-to-day existence because again I want to be out in the world mm-hmm. I don't want to be hidden at home I, and I think almost being freelance you have to do that you know you as in you you, you kind of have to find a way to exist in the world yeah yeah unfortunately Otherwise, sometimes you're not gonna get paid exactly <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And in changing your life so much, did yeah. you change the people that you surround yourself yeah. with? And it's, again, these things are really, they're hard. But what I did find is, um, you know, new people come in and other people go and those things can be really hard because especially again I think I don't want to generalize but I think in Ireland I think as girls we all want to be liked and we all want to be nice and we want to be a good girl and if someone kind of edits themselves out of your life or a relationship isn't healthy you can question is it something to do with me but it's not yeah you know phones ring both ways and those kind of things are important and especially now there's so much kind of pressure on people to kind of keep up on but what I find is as you get older as you go through difficult times in life you really really realize who your friends are and um yeah I think it can be sad it can be hard but there was a quote that I loved that I put up a while ago when I was kind of um, dealing with a personal decision myself and it said um we must let go of the life we have planned to make way for the one that is waiting for us Mm. and I really loved that because I was trying to control certain circumstances so much to the point where it actually wasn't healthy but what I did realize is you have to have faith yeah, let your faith be bigger than your fear. Exactly. And apparently in AA, that's one of the biggest sort of at the core is that you have to have, you know, the faith circuit mm-hmm. plugged in mm-hmm. and you just have to have faith that there there must be a plan in life. And I do think yeah. we don't know what it is. I posted a quote on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, that I just really liked that I thought people would benefit from. And it was um, beginnings have a funny way of hiding themselves and endings. I know. I loved that. And it just really changes how you look at things that, you know, something changing in your life or ending in your life is you can you can look at it both ways and I think the biggest thing that you have to do is to work with and to move the energy as much as possible and I am there's a few things that I do that really really work for me and one is yoga because as I said I was so out of touch with my body for 30 years and what I love about yoga is it's like giving a little hug to whether it's your knee or and it amazes me how much emotion you can hold in your body like I can go in feeling so cranky and there's a few things like one there's the switch off because you're putting your phone down yeah. um, I love being in the class environment because I don't feel like the attention is just on me you know yeah, I find that great but also what amazes me is sometimes actually just stretching your arms open or your legs just or holding your, your hips even or, if we just sit here now and we, we like open our arms wide it already feels energetically yeah. different because things can get stuck in you and I think in life no one gets out of here alive we're no. all going to be 
dealt a hand of cards and I know it looks like some people's lives are you know maybe perfect on the surface but everyone has their own issues and things that are dealt to them and I think it's really important to make it relative like what might seem easy to me from the out like it's very easy to sort of solve someone's problems from a distance I know, but yeah. whatever someone else is kind of um you know going through and I think the most important thing is to try not to be stuck and as you said to accept the fact that maybe something is over but maybe something is just beginning but there are a few little things that do help me and one is um I have a Reiki practitioner that I go to and I find that absolutely incredible exercise again has really saved me and I really um I regret not getting into it sooner but obviously my school did not cater to introverted (laughs) styles of exercise you know I think the school system can be very extroverted in terms of people expected to join the debating team or be captain of the hockey team or what are you going to do whereas and also one of the key things that occurred to me was no wonder I felt uncomfortable in school and college because the career that suits me now didn't exist mm. you know I, yeah I know it didn't exist didn't fully exist when I was studying journalism you pitched to an editor and that was kind of it and whereas now what's amazing is that people can kind of develop platforms and share their mm. own ideas and create their own photography and I think um creativity that doesn't have an outlet can actually turn quite dark mm-hmm. I, you know I think unfortunately for me personally I find it turns into jealousy and I hate that yeah, that's and it's, when I know something is wrong, and it's very uh, likely to happen in the nature of our work with social media mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I wanted just to ask you about, you know, I guess the word blogger and blogging and influencer gets so much bad press these days. Yeah, what's your stance on it? I personally have never liked the word influencer because to me it implies like um, it's a bit of like a. And again, listen, someone else will have different ones. This is just my yeah, personal interpretation. Okay. It seems to me a bit like sort of like a a car salesman or something like that I feel like I don't want to be in I don't want to influence people if people watch and see what I do and if they are in any way inspired by it great um I find I don't typically sort of um review products I share what I personally love and use and that's it that's my capacity I don't kind of actively kind of sell to people you're not trying to curate your content to suit people you're suiting yourself I'm, I'm trying to just share what it is that I love and in as uncalculated a way as possible living in a commercial world like the reality is is that people are going to need exactly. workout wear but what I try and say is do you know what I've actually found a really amazing um, organic certified sustainably based company this is what I'm using if someone likes it great but I don't actively yeah, 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 try yeah, and yeah. aggressively promote in that way whereas I would view influencing as in you're trying to influence someone's decision whereas I feel I have I I love my followers I feel they're savvy smart strong and independently able to make their own decisions but if they happen to see something that might be useful they'll take it they'll cherry pick from it yeah I feel like I don't know if it's the same for you but what I put out on social media and I put out all the bells and whistles and warts and all that's a coping mechanism for me it's not like I don't just put out I don't just go on Instagram saying oh I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or anxious today because I, I have a book about anxiety I I go on and say that not only because people will say, do you know what, thank you for saying that today because yeah. I felt like I was looking at your Instagram and I was thinking, oh, nothing is ever a trouble for her or whatever. And actually yeah, yeah, I realise yeah. you're a normal person or you're a human being with, you know, blood coursing through your through your veins. But also I put it out there because I want, it, it, it's a, it always has been, whether it's writing a piece or putting it out on social media, it helps me, it takes the pressure off me yeah. to say, oh, today's not such a great day. It's not that I'm like, I want to be all negative or anything. I just want to be myself all the time and people either are into that or they're not so for you you're kind of I guess you're you're confirming your who you are your self-image by putting it out there yeah it's a difficult thing because um I suppose 
personally, I've reached a point, I suppose, where I have sort of boundaries to some extent. And I kind of, especially what I found was when I was doing my uh, cookbook with Gil, they were lovely, but they did say to me, they were like, you know, you're you're a bit scattered at the moment. You're like, what's your focus? And I think that was really good because it made me realize like, um, you know, you can't be the guru of all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To try not to confuse your audience too much. But what I love about what you do is, is that I don't think we're taught enough that human beings have a whole range of emotions and I literally just thought of a rainbow how each and every mm. single colour leads to the other we're kind of taught that you know taught that if you're not sort of switched on and bubbly and happy and is there something wrong with you mm-hmm. and it's not because in a way it's like the highs and oh yeah and- completely I, I was Vicky Notaro the editor of Stellar uh, I think she was the one who told me the word ambivert and like oh, wow. I because I feel sometimes people like my dad would, would kind of slag me like oh Jesus she's not shy because like on the weekend I was down in Dingle for the Fail in Yabaltana and I was up on a stool dancing and like I'm well able to have the crack but then I can have really introverted moments as well you know where I actually I find I need a lot of time on my own for my anxiety and I charge very much inwardly and alone I need no one around I don't want to have any conversations with anyone I want to watch Netflix yeah. but then there's times where I'll go out and I'll really buzz off the energy of other people as well so you can be both but that's how you get the books done as well yeah you know you can't I don't think you can write a book that comes so authentically from your heart unless you really know yourself and I know to do that in a way you can't always be around people and it was interesting because I look back on a lot of my um sort of earlier relationships and I kind of it sounds strange because you know you go through phases where sometimes you can have a bit of perspective and at this stage I'm turning 36 um in July you know so I kind of what I found always that I was kind of latching on to people who were filling a gap in me like I was kind of shy I was quiet I was scared of crowds so I would pick someone who was well not I would pick but I would, I would find You'd myself gravitate towards exactly yeah. someone who was really extrovert and momentarily it was great because they'd have the party invitations and I'd go along but the reality is is that when you're alone just together there's an incompatibility yeah and what I kind of realized is I need to be comfortable in who I am and stop trying to mask it and stop trying to bring extroversion into my life I need to just be myself and as you said what's lovely is that sometimes you do need that time to charge up by yourself it doesn't mean that you're not fun it doesn't mean that you don't want to go out and that was the biggest thing for me I suppose um, going back to I suppose living more authentically accepting that anxiety was part of my life and also I suppose embracing a vegan lifestyle was realising that I can still be someone who goes out with my friends and I was really worried that it would isolate me I was really really scared that no one would want to come over for dinner and what I've realised and it's so gratifying and I kind of I actually say this in my book is you know there's nothing more wonderful then like you always have to bring a dish it's yeah. just it's not and don't and I always say to people like don't expect the world to cater you've made a choice that is somewhat antisocial. you need to cater to your own needs I say to people who are younger like maybe start doing your own cooking at home and um, don't be a burden on anyone else anyone else and you know this is your personal decision take responsibility for it but there's nothing more gratifying than turning up and bringing a dish and people going oh this is amazing yeah and, and then they probably want to eat some of it as well and trying <laughs> to make the food as good as possible mm-hmm. um, and it's something that I'm really passionate about has been a huge confidence boost for me and it's been lovely because it's kind of flipped a sensitivity on its head and as you said how has it worked for you it's become wonderful yeah um, which is really exciting and I think one of the things that I suppose I'm kind of most um, proud of is that I think typically kind of people associate meat with like prosperity and you know elegance and a fancy meal mm. and things like that and I suppose working with the Marion Hotel obviously it's a five-star hotel it's beautiful it's wonderful um 
but I really feel like what we've created there elevates people's perceptions of vegan food and as much as people might have I don't know a cote de boeuf which is mm. I don't know aged and curated and cooked in a very special way equally you can have vegan food that has that same amount of attention whereas I'm going to be honest and say I went to a lot of places and felt I was really shortchanged and if you're looking for a boost in your esteem to be given a plate of leaves and you know while your friend has this like epic you yeah. know it, it, again it makes you feel oh god I've made a really crappy decision no one cares about me whereas you have a limited existence yeah oh totally and people assume you're obviously that, that you can't be into food if that's the way that you eat and I find that really you know again it makes you feel not welcome it's a very strange feeling as well I think looking at a menu and going there's actually no option for me here so I think as we were going back to it it's a muscle you need to build up quite mm. like it takes time yeah. to realize actually I can go out with my friends they need to be educated on this it's not all me because I think unfortunately when you do have anxiety you assume that you're the problem in everything oh yeah all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, obviously you went vegan and it's really working for you and yeah. you're feeling better than you ever have. Yeah. And you're very aware of where your energy is being placed and yeah. you know who you are and you're not making any apologies for it anymore. No. And you're willing to be vulnerable and all that goes with that. Do you feel, I guess people looking at your social media will think, oh, she's done this and now she's perfect. Do you feel pressure to not show having a bad day or a day where you're below par? Or do, Because veganism and, and, and the beautiful imagery and everything, it kind of, people might look at it and think, wow, this girl changed her whole life and now yeah. she doesn't have any issues. Do you feel like, are you, are you inclined not to share issues or do you feel like you should or do you want to? Because no one has to. It's a difficult thing because I think in a way I really admire you because if I feel down the best thing that I do is actually just switch off my phone. I don't go near it. Yeah. But that's your coping mechanism. That's totally yeah, it is. valid Whereas as well. I find, I think it's that pressure to sort of feel somewhat switched on. I am, um, for me, I find, um, no, I do agree. I think people can have, can have perceptions that things are sort of glossy from looking at social media as well um but I think you know for me how I cope is I actually just switch it off and I do somewhat treat it as my work Mm. and I think the more that you treat a digital world as a real job where if you are unwell you're entitled to take a day off yeah you are entitled to take a weekend um so I feel like what I find difficult is when I see people apologizing for the way that they look or yeah. apologizing that they haven't been on because then I'm going, oh my God, should I be apologizing? Should I? <laughs> no, you know? I don't agree with that either. And also I think um, one of the things that I'm kind of, I suppose, lucky about is that my side is my own and it's not as if I have, like I really admire people who have content schedules and things like that, but I find sometimes I'm just not inspired. I'm just not feeling great. I'm worn out. I'm tired and I just won't post. Yeah. Whereas then sometimes you're really excited and you do post a lot. So typically I suppose for me, I agree and your point is really valid. People could have perceptions, but my coping mechanism is I don't come on and apologize because I think if I went on and apologized for how I looked or something like that, I think that could make someone else feel uncomfortable. Like I saw one time I was watching a blogger and she said, oh my God, sorry, all my drawers are open in the background. And I found that really hard because I just thought like, why, yeah. y- you know, stop perpetuating the, the need for perfection, I suppose. Yeah. Do you think as well, I mean, when we talk about, you know, people being credible and authentic on social media, the onus is always on the person, like the blogger or the mm. person creating the content. Do you think this also needs to be a responsibility on the person consuming your content to know that you're 100%. a human being and that, of course, you're going to have bad days. Of course, you're going to have challenges in your life. Of course, not 100% of every day is, you know, the veganism and everything going to be like having you at 100% capacity feeling amazing. Yeah. Do you think that's on them as well? I do. And I think it's really important. There are some accounts that I found, um, especially when I was kind of going through, like 
you know, a, a tough time a couple of months ago, I found the accounts where there was people constantly getting up at bright and early at six in the morning and doing this and then going out at night as well. I found I just couldn't stomach it because I was going through a phase where I, ha- you know, I had a, a, a difficult personal circumstance and thankfully I was able to kind of keep moving forward with my work, but I was absolutely exhausted. I didn't have that reserve mm. and I found the best thing you can do with those accounts is just delete. And yeah. it's awful because some of them are people that like I know and I might see and I chat when I'm I out. Know, I yeah. couldn't follow it though because it was making me feel guilty again. Oh God, did I not close my drawers or why do I not have makeup on? Or I, I think anything that gives you that niggle you are so much better off nipping it in the bud. And it, 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 you know, it's easily done. And I'm sure maybe, like, it's funny watching followers. Like, it's not good to look into, like, why did she lose followers? Why this, why yeah. that? Because, like, I think when people have these, like, aggressive targets of, I'm trying to reach 30,000 followers or 40,000 or, again... You're putting your self-worth in something that you can't control. Exactly. But also, what if your content is just not for them? Like, yeah. I think the more fluid, the more relaxed we are about these kind of things, the better. I think it would be great if you couldn't even see numbers. How How is your relationship with your anxiety now? Honestly, your book really was kind of game-changing for me because the second that sentence where you said, how has this worked for you? I actually, it reframed so much of my life. And now I feel like I've curated a career that I'm really happy, I'm really, really passionate about. I can do this for the rest of my life. I'm so, and now what I feel is also that I've connected into a cause that's far greater than me. Yeah. You know, obviously, we are all fundamentally aware that climate change is massive. We've all seen, you know, animal footage and even simple things like just last week I was working with the ISPCA because in Ireland there are three million um, laying hens and over half of them live in cages slightly larger than the size of A4 paper and what I love is is that there are messages that I can share to people so even if free range eggs are five or ten cents more expensive you know it is worth it because yeah. the reality is is that I have three cats and they're mad and they have so much personality and they're jumping all around the place and a chicken is a similar size and mm. to think that you know so what I feel is now through working with my sensitivity through connecting to you know things that I found upsetting um and getting anxious about it, I've been able to channel it into something positive that I feel it's much bigger than just mm. me. It's not really just, it's not really about me. It's, it, you know, it's about in some tiny, tiny way being a positive change. And, you know, like, like, like yourself, it's, you know, your book out there has empowered and changed so many people's mm. lives. Oh, thank you. I think, I mean, I say this so often, people are like, shut up. <laughs> but you, for me, would be the epitome of someone who would take their vulnerability and it's become your greatest strength absolutely and like I think the most important thing is to not have any regrets because of course now like I'm 35 and I do kind of I do wonder how would life have been different or this but you can't do that you can't change the way it was yeah and I you know I also noticed that if people you know if there's the veneer of not having that vulnerability people don't confide and people don't open up to you I feel like I'm a better friend as a result of this oh yeah you know you can connect to people I feel like maybe I've been in some circumstances that have been difficult or challenging but that's mm. how we connect like I and I, I would I mean I'm obsessed with vulnerability and like I will be exploring it more in my third book but I feel like vulnerability always has negative connotations and for me yeah. vulnerability doesn't just mean going on Instagram and saying you're having a shit day for me vulnerability is a willingness to be your authentic self so sometimes like for example me going to America launching the book and me saying you know here the book here's the book in Barnes and Noble and here I am doing this video and, and yeah. like being proud of myself that is actually me being vulnerable because I'm afraid of putting out there that I'm actually confident about it in case yeah. people are like who does she think she is like vulnerable can be celebrating good things as well 
No, I agree with you completely. And I think that is, that's the creative thing. And it's really challenging. And I always wonder like how many books never made it onto the shelves because of that. And it's really, I think you can't have a creative life without, because essentially, unless you're sharing something that's kind of personal and unique, it's just dross, you know? I know. But when you are sharing your personal journey and your vulnerabilities, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I think it's that, I thank, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that I think with my following probably because I'm quite niche like I don't you know typically people who kind of it was funny actually because I remember at my book launch um it was in Arnott's and we were in the in the basement in the bookstore there and uh there was about 70 people queued up and I was spending ages like signing books and then um afterwards the guy who runs the book was like everyone was so calm everyone's so nice and he was like this is normal and <laughs> I realized everyone's intro they were all introverts yeah I, I've attracted me and my following and hopefully made some tiny little hub. Like you said, That's no so one was nice. giving out about queuing yeah. for an hour. Or, but that really brought it to life as well for me, which was, you know, so lovely to see. So as, as you said, but but I can't say that it wasn't terrifying. Like I pitched that book three times and they said no each time. The only wow. thing that kept me going was I think when you are freelance and these are all just muscles. Like I used to think that people were born confident or born able to sell or born able to... No, no. confidence is a skill. Exactly. And that's what I wish more and more people kind of yeah. realized and there are workshops and obviously you know books like yours that you can read and it's not like you're going to read it and suddenly be there but no. even if you get one tip that you bring into your life well I think what people can learn from you apart from the vulnerability meaning strength or the sensitivity not meaning weakness thing um what was my fucking point there what was I what were we just saying this always happens to me my brain goes uh, vulnerability then... book cues introverts <laughs> oh yeah you can be an introverted person and still be very confident in what you do yeah you know confidence doesn't have to mean loud mouth extrovert mm. an extrovert doesn't have to mean you can be a very unconfident extrovert yeah. confidence is relating to verticals of your life so for you you're confident in your knowledge of your your topics yeah you're confident in your message and your your goal with veganism and to spread that message yeah and you're confident with the content that you put out there and you know you're confident that you're authentic in it but you're still you know a quiet shy person who likes to spend some time by themselves i think one one thing that is important that i do want to say though is i have heavily invested in educating myself mm. i was really really conscious of the fact that before i wasn't going to just throw things together in my kitchen and be like hey look at this at the time I was sharing stuff on Snapchat um, in terms of cooking courses every year um, I did raw food and fermentation here in Ireland I'm certified in plant-based nutrition from Cornell University I have a diploma in nutrition from City Colleges I've trained with the World Food Cafe in London and also oh my god I'm exhausted just hearing that <laughs> no but what I feel that's really important is I think education is yeah, key and I think you should never ever ever stop learning and especially now I'm in a stage where I don't have children. I'm lucky enough that I can plan my evenings, plan my weeks. And now in terms of learning, there are so many things that people can do in terms of courses online, reading. Um, because again, it's having done those courses, that's what gives me the confidence. I wasn't born confident. Whereas, you know, you put yourself through these weeks, you invest within your career. And it is really, I think it is really important mm. to kind of, um, to have that backbone that maybe a certain certificate gives you uh so that is why I'm in a position where I'm I'm happy and I'm comfortable answering these kind of questions and I think I'd, I'd love to think that throughout my life I never stop learning and I know. you know I love doing courses and I think it's great now obviously with podcasts you can just get so much good information yeah. into you and I think the more you keep your mind open navigating through chapters and channels of life can become a little bit easier but what's amazing about you know if you do 
a course like I find if I do say a week's cookery course someone might have spent five years developing that so I can get five years of their work you know yeah, experience yeah. in and it's really important I, I think my work now gives me confidence but it only comes from the fact that I've invested into educating myself absolutely like it's it's a belief in yourself and then it's like preparation and experience and, and action and that all means the and investment in yourself good people and respecting yeah. them as well and being willing to learn because that's often, you know that was yeah. what I was kind of getting at yeah that and being willing to surround yourself with people who know more than you as well without feeling intimidated by it mm. you know so before I let you go if someone is listening to this and they're feeling okay they're on presume there's someone who has anxiety if they're if they're still listening this far into the, the yes. series um but they're identifying with a lot of what you're saying and they've grown up always feeling a little bit maybe on the on the periphery of, of their social circle mm-hmm. and things don't agree with them and they feel like, oh, that's like, for me, it was like, oh, that's just Caroline with her sensitive tummy and she's just a little bit, I used to say to my mom, like, so, so sad, but I was like, was I just born, like, did I just fall when I was born? Like, why am I just more sensitive than everyone else? <laughs> yeah. So someone's listening and they're feeling like that and they're thinking of the sensitivity as a weakness and something that keeps them held back. Yeah. What, what do you want to say to them? I think the most important thing is that thankfully now there are resources out there, you know, whether it is books, whether it's literature, whether it's podcasts, you need to learn. And like what I think can be sort of a bit scary is in your family of origin, you might, you can love your family, but they might not be able to teach you the skills that you need. Yeah. And that was something that I think I found a bit tricky, but thankfully now I think we're living in a much more sort of like a global world that, you know, someone like Brene Brown is obviously fascinating. Her Uh, her Netflix series is really, really good. And again, you know, years and years and years, she has so many qualifications, but so much of that information can be compressed into, you know, you know, an hour and a half on Netflix. But I think the most important thing is um, you have to try and follow that little inner voice in you read as many books as you possibly can even if you just get one idea I think journaling is really important and you have to know yourself and don't be afraid of taking that time to take a step back and realize that you know just because your friends do things one thing I want to really quickly say is mm. I find that with drinking a lot I do drink but there were certain things that again just didn't agree with me like I find I just don't do shots ever because me neither not ever I, I, I did once or twice and what I find is they escalate whatever you're doing and either it becomes the best night ever or the worst night ever. Yeah. And that's just not a risk I'm willing to take no, at all. No. And there's no shame well, in being like, <laughs> not for me. Yeah, yeah. But you, you learn through an experience and don't be afraid to reflect on, hang on, that actually didn't work. And just because something works for your brother, your sister, your friend, your mother or whatever, don't be afraid of being a little bit different because I think that's the hardest thing that holds people back is they want to just blend in. Yeah. And, and actually, if you look around at the people who are the most successful and really changing the world, they're the people who don't blend in. Yeah. So go with it. Yay! Holly, thank you so, so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. Can we tell people what to look forward to next? What are you, is there anything that you've got coming up that people oh, should know about? Well, really excitingly, obviously, I am working with the Marion Hotel and we have just changed and we've moved into spring. So now I have a vegan burger there. The desserts are absolutely epic. So. I've eaten them and they are epic. Yay. I can confirm. Yeah, no, it's really <laughs> exciting. And then I'm going to be at uh, quite a lot of festivals over the summer as well. I'm going to be at Taste of Dublin and then we'll be, be at Wellfest as well. Uh, no, I'm going to Wellfest this weekend. Oh, so. I'll be at Wellfest. Yes. I'm, I'm recording a podcast live from that actually. Exciting. Um, so yeah, so see you there. Cool. And congratulations. Congratulations on everything and best of luck with everything that's coming in the future. Thank you so much.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.